This is Powered by Learning, a podcast designed for learning leaders to hear the latest approaches to creating learning experiences that engage learners and achieve improved performance for individuals and organizations. Powered by Learning is brought to you by DaVinci Interactive. For more than 25 years, DaVinci has provided custom learning solutions to government agencies, corporations, medical education and certification organizations, and educational content providers. We collaborate with our clients to bring order and clarity to content and technology. Learn more at DaVinci.com. Hello, and welcome to Powered by Learning. I'm your host, Susan Court. And today I'm joined by DaVinci CEO, Luke Kemsky, and our guest, Mary Beth, or MB Weiss, the Vice President of People and Culture at Form, an at-home fitness technology company. Welcome to Powered by Learning, Mary Beth. So glad you could join us, MB. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, first, start off by telling us a little bit about your background and also about your team of personal trainers who provide the on-demand classes on a home smart gym. What a great business to be in. Yeah, sure. Well, I have a background in learning design and technology. Uh, so my education is in, but I really started as a personal trainer in the industry and I kind of just grew to love helping people and, and helping people learn how to move and you know how to just uh, kind of learn about themselves through that process. And that really got me into the education space and the learning space and grew to love everything people and culture. And that kind of helped me elevate myself at that form and into the role of people and culture. So uh, here I am today, and I'm really excited to talk about everything we're going to talk about today around learning experiences. Great. Thanks for sharing that background, MB. You know, I know you speak about learning experiences. To get us started, tell us how you view the difference between a learning event and a learning experience. Yeah, I think this is a really great question because you can really think of them as like the same thing, but they're really not, right? I view a learning event as a single instance of learning. It can be a training or a course or even a curriculum sometimes to me can be an event, whereas a learning experience really puts the learner at the center of an ecosystem in my mind. So rather than thinking about it linearly, where learning is like straight from the teacher to the learners, you really have to put the learner at the center of their world and then facilitate all the activities around the learner, uh, whether that's the activities, the materials, um, the information, emails, infographics, classes, discussions, presentations, webinars, anything that affects the learner becomes part of that ecosystem. So it's not just the teacher or the facilitator to the learner, it's everything that kind of surrounds them that affects the learner's experience, uh, and that all encompasses that world. Why do you think that there's a lot more talk about looking at learning from an experience standpoint rather than an event? Like, why, why do you think it's evolving right now? Yeah, I think we have to look at not just the learners in their context of learning. We need to look at the whole person. I think that the same is true for personal training, which is the world that I come from. Like, you can't just think of their world as they move or the learner in their context of learning. And you can't just isolate that anymore. You know, we have our phones in our pockets. We have the computer at our fingertips. Information is everywhere. So we're also seeing this shift in, in purchasing. We're seeing this shift from possessions to experiences. So we have to actually consider the learner outside of just learning. They're placing more value on 
buying experiences going out, especially after COVID, right? We want to go out and do things. Uh, the same is true for learning. We want to experience learning versus just attending and being passive in our learning. So we have to really take what they're doing now into the learning context as well. So if we're making that shift in other areas and purchasing in, in what's happening in the world around us, we have to also apply that to learning as well. And I have a, a question. I'm, I'm curious, mm-hmm. you mentioned what you learn from the business that you do in training people as personal trainers. How does that relate to your world of, of training your trainers? I mean, different than the, we talk about training the trainers in L&D, but you're actually training the personal trainers. Talk about some of the lessons learned from your business and how it impacts what you do from an L&D standpoint. Oh, it's a great question. It is so much overlap besides the confusion between training and training. Um, but it's the, it's the, you know, the, connect, the human connection piece and the personalization piece, I think like personal training, right? It's really about taking like, what does this person need for their journey and really making that connection to them personally? The same is true for our learners. What do they need and how do we make that human connection to them and design the experience for them specifically? There's, there's obviously things that are consistent across all humans, across all movement, across all learners, but we have all unique differences that we really need to take into account. And I think that's true, whether that's personal training or that's learning and development. And that really is something that has carried over for me in both of the worlds that I live in right now. Uh, that's excellent. And when, when you think about creating learning experiences and the people who are responsible mm-hmm. for creating them, which are a lot of our listeners are, mm-hmm. in helping them look at learning design differently and designing learning experiences and also how they work with the subject matter experts they work with. How do you think that framing as learning experiences really helps them? Yeah, I think it helps them because, you know, you really have to understand and know your learner really well. Like, I think it goes beyond a little bit of like um, learner analysis and really get on a deeper level, right? Think design thinking, think um, like user persona, something that we learned from the UX, the UI world. Like, you have to go a little bit deeper and actually take the time to really empathize and understand your learner just a little bit more. And I think for, for subject matter experts, for your clients, for whomever, they may have a, a broad understanding, but for the instructional designer to really understand them on a deeper level, it'll help really connect to that personal connection, that personalization piece that you really need to create that learning experience. Yeah, no, I agree. Do you have an example of a learning experience that you've created? One that c- can really like be a model for our listeners in terms of how- thinking about this approach to design? So we're still in the process of building out and piloting our curriculum process at Forum, but what, I'm, what I am happy to share is our thinking and our approach, which I think may be a little bit more helpful is like how you go about sort of uh, kind of conceptualizing the learning experience. Um, we started with how we wanted the team to feel as they came on board to form and what they were going to feel throughout the process. So what, what they felt as soon as they stepped into our doors, which is a remote team. So it's a little bit, you know, metaphorical, right? Like what were they going to feel day one? Uh, we really wanted them to feel the sense of community, the sense of support, and the sense of autonomy at the same time, because they're adult learners and they're on their own, right? Like how do they shape their own path in this sense? So when we were designing the curriculum for them, we knew we wanted to have a lot of social learning opportunities through um, seasoned trainers supporting them, through smaller groups, because we had a bigger cohort coming in. And even with a remote team, a big cohort can be overwhelming. So we knew we wanted to add in social learning. So that was part of the experience. We knew we wanted to give them an opportunity to give input because we're a startup too. So we uh, input at every uh, aspect of the curriculum, feedback, 
And we knew we wanted to implement that along the way. So that was part of our design. And then we knew we wanted to be an experience. Uh, and I emphasize the word experience and we were talking about that. But we knew from day one, from the minute they got their equipment, it was branded, it's hello, it's hi, it's, you know, and then the minute they have their first class with us, it's everyone's there, they're saying hello, it's a social event, it's their emails branded, it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. So we knew that's how we wanted them to feel from the beginning. And then we designed the curriculum around that, objectives and goals, et cetera, like that, that still exists, that the instructional design process doesn't go away because we shifted our thinking. But we really started with we want, what we wanted them to feel and what we wanted them to experience as they went through and then designed the objectives from there. How as an organization do you think that that would improve your performance, you know, to have that kind of an experience? Like what kind of metrics or what kind of things would you be trying to, to take to another level? I think, you know, we're seeing a lot of research just in, in organizational research around like business drivers and business impact around learning culture um, and innovation and how more engaged employees are always learning. And there's a growth mindset there too, right? So you can look at um, productivity, you can look at how fast your company is evolving, you can look at turnover, all the same business impact and drivers that you're looking at already, but also look at employee experience, employee engagement, and then retention. And then look at employee MPS as well, right? Because the more engaged your employees are, the more excited they are to be there. And then also look at when employees go, right? You want word of mouth referrals from people who worked at your company and then refer back to your company is an even greater acknowledgement of how great the culture is at your company as well, right? So you want to look at those things too. But I think it's important to know that um, if your employees are always learning and they're always engaged in the experience, the more value they're bringing to your company. But you're also, we're also seeing the trend of people wanting more on-the-job training and more coaching, and that's more of an experience than going to a single event, right? So we're seeing those trends as well. It's really hitting them from all those different directions and, and making it so that it's uh, not separated from the work that they're doing. It's really all integrated into to their jobs. Right. And that goes back to that personalization piece and meeting the learner where they're at, which is what we're trying to do. And we're going to see a lot of that trend toward mobile, you know, you know, basically meeting the learner in there every day and not taking them away from their job, but actually working upstream versus, you know, against the stream. It's, it's going to help, you know, keep your learners engaged in their productivity and their job on day-to-day basis. Yeah, no doubt. Now let's look ahead a little bit. You know, what changes in mm-hmm. technology and say changes in the economy and social environment? And, you know, what would you expect um, in terms of how learning experiences will evolve in the coming years? I think we're still going to see this trend toward a hybrid blended learning model where we're going to see a lot of e-learning blended with live events, live online learning, definitely, you know, more remote teams, but we're still going to have that need for social interaction and finding creative ways for us to come together. Zoom fatigue is real. Video conferencing fatigue is real. It's not, the tool is not the problem. It's just being on the screen is the problem, right? But that need for social interaction, that need for personal connection, we're going to see more tools that bring people together in that way, but also more mobile learning. We're going to see a lot of tools that allow people to be on the train on their commute or on their way home from vacation, just, you know, learning something really quick that, you know, micro learning, we're going to see a lot of that uh, quick, not like you said, not taking them away from their job, but actually blending in with their everyday. Right at that point of performance, right? Right. When they need it. 
Yeah, exactly. Before you leave us, MB, are you able to share something that you're working on now and, and something that has you excited in, in your position? Yeah, we're, we're, like I said, we're still piloting our curriculum process. We're about to you know, launch some stuff in Q1. Really that, that social learning piece, you know, we're designing a, a really exciting uh, mentorship process that I'm, I'm really jazzed for. We're bringing in a lot of personal trainers to lead it, and it's going to be really exciting for them. But bringing them into small cohorts where they're allowed to like work together, um, share feedback, but also learn from each other. People learn more from each other than they do from the facilitator sometimes, or actually a lot of the time. So giving them that opportunity to do that, but design that in a way where we we build the frame, but they paint the picture, I think is the most rewarding thing as a facilitator. Um, so design that experience for them, I think is the most exciting thing I'm working on right now. It all sounds good. And um, we'll certainly like to have you come back and tell us how, how it's going yeah. after, after a year or so. I think it'd be exciting too, thinking about you training your trainers and all those lessons that they learn, how that impacts the training that they then uh, give to your end user, your consumer. So I, I would think your trainers you know, can carry a lot of those lessons uh, onto the, the end user as well. Absolutely. In a way, personal trainers are teachers and facilitators of movement, nutrition, recovery, and all these other things about lifestyle modification. So I absolutely agree with that. I, I think they uh, they do a lot more than just count reps, and I want to give them a, a lot more credit than, you know, they, they deserve a lot more credit than they get usually. Yeah, no doubt. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Of course. Thanks, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow, Luke, lots of exciting things going on at Forum under MB Weiss's leadership. Yeah, that's for sure. Thanks, Susan. It really was a fun conversation with MB. I like how her pr- background as a personal trainer impacts how she designs learning experiences. She considers the learner at the center of an ecosystem. She wants to have multiple touch points that impact the learner, not just an event. And she not only wants to make them knowledgeable, she also wants them to be engaged and be proud to be part of Forum. She also talked about having the learning experience consider the social and environmental factors currently influencing the learner. The more the learning touch points take into account the time of year or recent news or social trends in both the themes and the delivery, the more engaged the learner will be and the better they will feel about the experience. As an example, she talked about the onboarding curriculum they're about to launch. They've designed it with defined learning objectives, of course. But beyond that, they've added objectives for how the learner should feel about each part of the experience. They're really considering social and learning experiences together, with the outcome being knowledgeable team members who are brand champions too, and fostering culture and referrals. In summary, MB is following a fresh and hybrid approach and a blended learning model that integrates e-learning, live events, email, mobile messaging, and a lot of other tactics and importantly, also addresses the learner's need for social interaction, just what you'd expect from a personal trainer. Great summary, Luke. So what's new at DaVinci? Anything you want to share with our listeners? Uh, Yes, Susan. I wanted to mention the new learning module we recently developed with PAWS, a print and online brand for people living with and affected by HIV-AIDS. The new module educates this audience about potential causes of HIV-related weight gain so they can manage their treatment and improve quality of life. I know we've also developed other e-learning courses and assessment tools for PAWS so their audience can learn more from testing and prevention to responding to a diagnosis and how to cope with aging. It's always rewarding to use our talents to provide this kind of health education. 
Absolutely. Great to see the work that we're doing uh, really help educate people and, and make people's lives better. So thanks for sharing, Luke. Thanks, Luke. And many thanks to MBY Soform for joining us today. If you have any questions about what we talked about, you can reach out to us on DaVinci's social channels through our website, davinci.com, or by emailing us at poweredbylearning at davinci.com. Powered by Learning is brought to you by DaVinci Interactive. For more than 25 years, DaVinci has provided custom learning solutions to government agencies, corporations, medical education and certification organizations, and educational content providers. We collaborate with our clients to bring order and clarity to content and technology. Learn more at davinci.com.